Hey guys, welcome back to Uncommon Sense. Okay, so today we're going to be reading through the fifth Twitter files compilation by Barry Weiss. Before we get into all of that, I just wanted to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. I put out the other episode after Christmas kind of quickly and without telling you guys like Merry Christmas. So I hope that you guys did have a Merry Christmas. I had a very, very Merry Christmas. I spent my Christmas with my family in Alabama and my nephews. I have twin, identical twin nephews, and they are hilarious and they're very funny. I I don't know how they're so funny. Funny, but they will just say the craziest things that kids say the darndest things was such a funny show. <laughs> um, but my nephews are really just the embodiment of that. And so my Christmas was really fun. We usually have seafood for Christmas, but we didn't have seafood this Christmas. We wanted to mix it up. So we made for the very first time this like prime rib, the creature. So we put this prime rib creature in the oven and we cooked it like for a very long time. And I thought it was burning for the record. I thought it was burning, but it was wasn't burning and it was delicious and I had a very merry Christmas and I hope you guys did too. I hope that you guys remember, you know, what um, Christmas is about and that every day should be about what Christmas is about, which is Jesus Christ and what he so lovingly did for our, our souls. Like we didn't deserve it. We are depraved sinners. We are disgusting. We know that the whole world is telling you self-love, self-love. You are a goddess. You are perfect. You are just wonderful, but you're not. You're not and neither am I. And Jesus took all of our disgustingness on his shoulders, died a brutal death on the cross and and saved us from ourselves. And that's really, um, you know, the start of all of that was him being born to the Virgin Mary and, and having no one welcome him in. And so he was born into um, a dingy manger. And this, this is the guy that saved our entire world. And I think that we all just need to remember that every single day, not just on Christmas, but I hope everybody, at least on Christmas, did spend a lot of time thinking about that because it's very important. It's the most important thing in the world. We know that there's a lot of corruption happening in the world right now. We know with these Twitter files that there is a lot going on behind the scenes and it's scary. It's scary to know that all of this is happening. But if you're a true Christian and if you've read your Bible, then you know that this is just how it goes. You know that we ultimately win this entire game, if you want to call it that. Um, and so we just have that peace within us, even, even going into the ring like I do. I just have that peace about me. And it's really comforting to know that, um, you know, Satan loses and it doesn't matter what all of these evil people try to do. They can come at us with all these other things that they have, but they don't have God. And so ultimately they don't win. And um, so there's just a lot of peace in knowing that it doesn't matter how crazy the world gets. We always have God. And so we always have peace, something the Satanists of the world do not have because they're constantly running in fear of being found out. Well, you guys are going to be found out. Uh, people like me are finding people like you out and we are telling the entire world about you. So so, uh, get ready, I guess. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. Um, before we get into everything, I just want to remind you guys about the Bible study by the brand Sunday. You guys have heard me talk about the Bible study by the brand Sunday before. It's an excellent Bible study to keep you on track. We are moving into a new year and you know what that means. New year's resolutions. And I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I'll start them and I'm just like, I'll get to like two, three weeks maybe. And then it's like, bye, bye new year's resolution. See you next 
next year. We'll try again next year. So I, I really encourage you guys to start the Bible study by the brand Sunday, just to keep yourself on track, just to get through the Bible in a year, get through the, even just the old Testament in a year or the new Testament in a year, whatever you need to do. Um, you just set these goals and really stick with them. And it's really about having the necessary tools in order to accomplish any of the goals that you set. And so I think that the Bible study by the brand Sunday will be an excellent tool for you guys to actually read your Bible, to actually stay on track with it, to actually understand it, and then be able to tell the good news to other people. So if you guys want to check this out, I will have a link below for you to easily access that. And if you do check it out, you know the drill. Tell me what you think. Okay, so we are moving into the fifth part of the Twitter files compilation releases. This one is by Barry Weiss, who has compiled all of this on Twitter. Again, I'm going to be putting out a post that links to all of these. Once we've gotten through all of these, I'm going to continuously post that probably. I just really, really, again, think this is extremely important information for you guys to know and to share with people. And again, that is why I am doing it on these episodes, because I just don't know. Um, I've talked to a lot of people who have not physically gone through all of the Twitter files because it is so much information to, you know, to take in, to absorb, to understand. It's just a lot to read through. Um, there are a lot of screenshots that I know a lot of people don't really want to squint at and try to understand everything. And sometimes it's just nice, kind of like audiobooks, to just hear somebody else read it through and to talk about it. And then you can just literally just passively absorb the information. Um, and a lot of people are very busy these days, especially during the holiday season. And I understand that, but it is very important for you guys to be absorbing this information. And that is, again, why I have decided to do all of these Twitter files compilation, um, these episodes. So Barry Weiss put out this Twitter thread, the Twitter files part five, the removal of Trump from Twitter. On the morning of January 8th, President Donald Trump, with one remaining strike before being at risk of permanent suspension from Twitter, tweets twice. 6.46 a.m., quote, the 75 million great American patriots who voted for me, America first, and make America great again, will have a giant voice long into the future. They will not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape, or form. Um, and then she shares a screenshot of Donald Trump's tweet um, saying that on January 8th at 6.46 a.m. At 7.44 a.m., he says, to all those who have asked, I will not be going to the inauguration on January 20th. Um, she shares a screenshot of that tweet, which I'm sure we all remember from January 8th. He announced that he was not going to go to the inauguration um, for years. Twitter had resisted calls both internal and external to ban Trump on the grounds that blocking a world leader from the platform or removing their controversial tweets would hide important information that people should be able to see and debate. And this is a quote from Twitter. Our mission is to provide a forum that enables people to be informed and to engage their leaders directly, end quote. The company wrote this in 2019. Twitter's aim was to, quote unquote, protect the public's right to hear from their leaders and to hold them to account. And then she links to the world, uh, world leaders on Twitter principles and approach, a link to that from blog.twitter.com. But after January 6th, as Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger have documented, pressure grew both inside and outside of Twitter. 
Twitter to ban Trump. There were dissenters inside Twitter, quote unquote, maybe because I am from China, said one employee on January 7th. Uh, I deeply understand how censorship can destroy the public conversation, they said. And then there's a screenshot of this interaction taking place redacted on Thursday, January 7th, 2021, uh, says maybe because I am from China, I deeply understand how censorship can destroy uh, the public conversation. Redacted says, I understand this fear and points above, uh, but says, but I also think it's important to understand that censorship by a government is very different than censorship of the government. Um, the First Amendment in the U.S. and similar legislation in other countries with similar concepts, uh, concepts excuse me, exist specifically to prevent the government from silencing the people. Redacted says, I respect that, but realistically, we impose far stricter rules on effectively everyone else on the platform. And then Redacted says, we started labeling slash restricting his tweets when they became a threat to democracy. There is that, that phrase we've been hearing so much, so much recently. Threat to democracy. We're going to censor you. And the sorry, I'm going off on a rabbit trail, but we're going to censor you because you're a threat to democracy. Well, it's a threat to democracy to censor people. I don't know if Twitter knew that, but I guess not. Um, so anyway, let me start from the top. We started labeling slash restricting his tweets when they became a threat to democracy and seemed like that was our red line. Yesterday, he clearly attempted to overthrow our democratic system of government and showed no signs of remorse, dot, dot, dot. If this is not a clear reason to suspend him, again, as an unhinged ruler attempting to subvert the most powerful democracy in the world, I'm not sure what would be. And then they said shrug. Um, that's just crazy. It's just like crazy to censor people and act like you are the person who's for democracy. That's just not how it works. And and again, they totally just made January 6th into the type of thing that it really wasn't. I know there were some terrible things that happened that day, but they just totally... Um, D.C., Washington, D.C. is like the Truman Show. It's just, it's like they play these parts and they're always on TV, but, you know, they're not really who they say they are and they will make these scenarios carefully concocted scenarios to fit whatever agenda it is that they want to play to have played out and all the other people who are pawns in their game you know they're just they're just casualties sorry you guys I mean you got to take one for the team for the team of quote-unquote democracy because we want to make it look like we're the good guys and so we're going to say we're protecting democracy as we tape your mouth shut with duct tape um even if you're the sitting U.S. president by the way so that is what they are saying there um back to the thread but voices like that one appear to have been a distinct minority within the company across slack channels many twitter employees were upset that trump hadn't been banned earlier after january 6th twitter employees organized to demand their employer ban trump quote unquote there is a lot of employee advocacy happening said one twitter employee that's the other thing about twitter why are there so many like advocates you know like why are there so many activists like at twitter it should just be you work at a social media company and you like free speech and you want people to express themselves it shouldn't be that you're this activist advocate person trying to sway public opinion to fit whatever narrative you like and the things you believe in you know go join something go join a charity group go go stand outside of the supreme court and scream with your posters or something you don't need to be censoring other people from a social media company because you're 
an advocate. You're an advocate. You're an activist. So go do activisty things. Do not be trying to um, censor people. These are these are just the Lord Farquads of our country. They're just like, well, some of you may be silenced, but that is a risk I am willing to take. I hate them. I don't like them. I'm sorry. I'm not called to hate people, but I really don't like the people who were previously at Twitter.com. And you know what? I don't think very many people liked them. I don't think many people after all of this. I don't think anybody should. I don't think anybody should. Okay, so after January 6th, Twitter employees organized to demand their company ban Trump. There was a lot of employee advocacy happening, said one Twitter employee. We're going to read through this screenshot that Barry Weiss attached to this part of the thread. So Redacted says, I am still struggling to understand the decision not to ban Trump altogether. Given he is inciting people to violence, that has led to people uh, being killed. And I think we owe people an explanation externally. Just just really quick, let me remind you guys that Trump had put out multiple tweets calling for everybody to be peaceful that day to respect law enforcement, which, by the way, law enforcement was allowing everybody into the Capitol building. They were ushering them in. They were moving the barricades. Y'all need to look up those videos and share them around because people just don't understand. Again, in D.C., when this happened, like I I was there. Y'all weren't um, the people who are trying to make it into something that it wasn't. So I'm going to be having on some people to talk about January 6th because there are a lot of people like there's just a huge portion of the other side that people are not hearing and so I want everybody to hear that um but anyway, we're going on with this with this interaction. So that's what they said. And then Redacted says, this is the elephant in the room. Redacted says, it feels like Twitter policy is engaged with someone acting in bad faith, and we won't acknowledge it. Do we have any belief that Trump will stop tweeting incitements to violence? Um, it'd be nice if they, like, linked to those tweets, but they never do, you know, because these people are so delusional, and they're so used to their own lies. They lie to people so much that they're just used to lying to themselves. And they, it's like, link, link us to the tweets where Trump said, you know, overthrow the government. Like, let's link to those tweets if you're going to make a claim like that, because he 100% didn't say that. He said, be peaceful. That's what he said. Um, so, and by the way, like the fact that, that the government was working with Twitter, like all these three letter government agencies were working with twitter.com, you know, it's like all of the reasons why the J6ers were even in DC to begin with, um, you know, have come to be proven as true. All of the concerns that they had about the government working with Twitter, working with social media, trying to censor information, trying to create a narrative that, you know, was conducive to Democrats and conducive to the Biden regime even before he supposedly quote-unquote won. But it's just the whole reason that um, the J6ers were even there in the first place was because they were confused. They were not sure. They did not think that Joe Biden could have possibly really have received 82 million votes. They did not understand how that could actually be possible. They were concerned about mail-in vote and uh, the mail-in voting system and how that is so easily corruptible. They were concerned about computerized voting counting systems. They were confused about uh, the whole thing didn't make sense to even um, the majority of the Biden voters that I've spoken with. So everybody was like, hey, it's not, it wasn't this, like, <laughs> it wasn't this insurrection. It was people very concerned about the state of their constitutional republic, by the way. The U.S. is a constitutional republic. It's not technically a democracy. Um, so whenever they're saying, like, a threat to a democracy, again, these are the people who are censoring people. They are not the good guys. They are. They pretend that they are the good guys. It's just like Satan. It is so evil what they do. They, they pretend to be 
on the moral high ground when they have no morals. They just don't. And they lie for profit and for, um, you know, important placements in society. They just are horrendous. They're just horrendous people. So anyway, I I don't want to get too off track because I want to read through the rest of this. But just remember that the whole reason that the J6ers were in D.C. in the first place was because of the kind of stuff that we're reading through right now. Um, The internal um, conversations at Twitter.com, how they were talking to each other, how they were censoring information, how they were um, creating this narrative about Trump that wasn't true. Because, again, they're not linking to these tweets where uh, Trump is inciting violence, calling people to be violent. Where are those tweets? Um, People were in D.C., to say, we know that something fishy is happening and we want this to be relooked at. Like, we don't accept this because it doesn't, it doesn't look right is what they were doing. Um, so I just wanted to clear that up. But let's get going. Let's read through some more of this. So Redacted says, if Alex Jones was shut down for, quote unquote, get your battle rifles, end quote, he's far exceeded that standard. Redacted says, I think a lot of employees um, must share these concerns. Is there any sort of channel or group where we can organize more action. Redacted says there is a lot of employee advocacy happening both here and in, and then they linked to this something I'm trying to read C U E to B A M U. I'm Jack Emma is what they linked to. Okay. So redacted says, I understand he was our president and that may have been the reason why we were hesitant to do it. But I think come January 20th, there is absolutely no excuse why his account shouldn't be suspended for good. I have friends with, um, and sign it colon semicolon one K followers that, and then the screenshot cuts off back to the thread. Barry Weiss quote, we have to do the right thing and ban this account and quote said one staffer it's quote unquote pretty obvious he's going to try to thread the needle of incitement without violating the rules um and quote said another there's another screenshot from redacted that last sentence dot 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 we have to do the right thing here and ban his account uh that last sentence dot dot down we have to do the right thing here and ban his account um and then that last sentence dot 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 we have to do the right thing here and ban his account why Why did they say that multiple times? Um, Anyway, they did. And it says edited, so maybe they changed it multiple times. Anyway, they ended up with the thing that they started with. And Redacted says, we don't have a good track record of acting on his account, except in the clearest and most explicit of cases. And even then, dot, 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 Redacted says, in my opinion, extraordinary circumstances demand extraordinary leadership. Um, (laughs) And then Redacted says, it took three years, but I've lost faith. Um, and then redacted says actual votes, Donald Trump, Republican party, two percent, seventy four million, And then it cuts off. Um, redacted said second, this it's pretty obvious. He's going to try to thread the needle of incitement while not violating the rules. Back to the thread. In the early afternoon of January 8th, the Washington Post published an open letter signed by over 300 Twitter employees to CEO Jack Dorsey demanding Trump's ban. Quote, unquote, we must examine Twitter's complicity in what President-elect Biden has rightly termed insurrection. End quote. Um, um, good minions. Very good. Very, very good. Very, listen to the Good job. Good job. Boy, to listen to the state. I don't know what accent that was. Back to the thread. 
<laughs> but the Twitter staff assigned to uh, evaluate tweets quickly concluded that Trump had not violated Twitter's policies. Quote, unquote, I think we'd have a hard time saying this is incitement and quote, wrote one staffer. Um, Quote, it's pretty clear he's saying the American patriots are the ones who voted for him and not the terrorist. We can call them that, right? In parentheses, from Wednesday. The other thing, calling these people terrorists is so annoying to me. Like, these were American people who were concerned about the state of their constitutional republic. Like I've already said, these were people who just had questions, who weren't being answered, not by the legacy media, not by anybody. And frankly, we all had the same questions, whether or not you agreed with the people who marched in on the Capitol building on January 6th, you had questions. I haven't spoken to any one singular individual human being who believes, like genuinely believes that Joe Biden, who is just completely dysfunctional, who cannot string together a simple sentence, who is literally a pedophile, like nobody believes that he actually received 82 million votes. People have questions. I haven't, I just haven't seen anybody not in any sort of convincing manner tell me, yeah, 100%. Joe Biden won. And it's so clear. Nobody thinks that. Um, so anyway, I, and I also just want to say, it's just it, the whole thing about them trying to find some reason to ban Trump. What is happening is they couldn't find an actual reason in their policies to ban him because he wasn't calling for violence. Like I've already said, Trump was not calling for violence. He was calling for people to be peaceful. Um, and so they just need to have cold, hard proof if they're going to make these major accusations about a human being, specifically the president of our country. Like they can't do this but they did they did okay so back to the thread another staffer agreed quote-unquote don't see the incitement angle here so there's another screenshot of internal exchanges and this one is not redacted it says anika navaroli says i see redacted has pinged us to ask about incitement for the djt tweet and want to see if we can align she links to donald trump's status and then redacted says on friday january 8th I I don't see the incitement of fear. What PC could it be trying to incite fear about? Um, and then they edited this tweet a million times like the other person did, but it ends up staying the same. So I'm not going to read through all of those again. Um, and then Friday, January 8th redacted says, I think we'd have a hard time saying this is incitement. It's pretty clear. He's saying the quote unquote, make uh, American patriots are the ones who voted for him and not the terrorists. We can call them right from Wednesday redacted response and says, don't see the incitement angle here. Um, and then back to the thread quote unquote. I also am not saying clear or coded incitement. And the DJT tweet wrote Anika Navaroli, a Twitter policy official, quote unquote, I will respond in the elections channel and say that our team has assessed and found no vios or violations for the Donald John Trump one. So there's another screenshot, Anika Navaroli. I also am not seeing clear coded incitement in the DJT tweet, Anika Navaroli. Um, wow, that's a scary picture. This one's not redacted. And they did one of the scary like inverted like skeleton looking pictures twitter people are weird man they're just weird anyway anika navaroli says i'll respond in the elections channel and say that our team has assessed and found no vios for the djt1 redacted says flagging that yol is 
Um, and then linked to the Slack.com archives looking for an assessment of the DJT tweet in the HPDC crisis channel. <laughs> crisis channel. Twitter's a crisis channel. Back to the thread. She does just that, quote unquote, as an FYI, safety has assessed the DJT tweet above and determined that there is no violation of our policies at this time, end quote. So Redacted says, sorry, I stepped out for a while. Let me know, Yol, if any action will be taken. Anika uh, Ravioli, sorry, Navarali, Nava, Navaroli says, as an FYI, safety has assessed the DJT tweet above and determined that there is no violation of our policies at this time. Um, so later, Navaroli would testify to the House January 6th committee, quote unquote, for months I had been begging and anticipating and attempting to raise the reality that if nothing, if we made no intervention into what I saw occurring, people were going to die. Very dramatic you are. Um, uh, back to the thread. Next, Twitter's safety team decides that Trump's 7.44 a.m. Eastern Time tweet is also not in violation. Not in violation. They are unequivocal. Quote, unquote, it's a clear no avio. It's just to say he's not attending the inauguration. Of course, that tweet was not going to... I mean, how... He, he just said he's not going to go to an event. That's what he said. Okay, so there's a screenshot of more exchanges... Redacted says, just dropping in to say he tweeted again, but it's a clear no vio. It's just to say he's not attending the inauguration. Um, Redacted says, let me check. Um, and then they linked, another person links to the tweet. Um, and Redacted says, people might be saying that this is the proof that he doesn't support a peaceful transition. Um, yeah, because he didn't believe that he, a lot of people didn't believe that he won. The mail-in voting stuff is a mess, you guys. It, it, the whole system is a mess. Nobody trusts that the Democrats, they hated Trump so much. Why wouldn't they cheat? Why wouldn't they cheat to a major extent? Why wouldn't they? They hated Trump. He was a threat to their power. He was a threat to their livelihoods. He was a threat to their money and their lifestyles. He was he was a threat. So I, when people are like, oh, the government would never do that, the government also gave a bunch of black American syphilis on purpose. So I don't know. You tell me. Like, you tell me if they would or wouldn't. You tell me. You tell me. Uh, back to the thread. To understand Twitter's decision to ban Trump, we must consider how Twitter deals with other heads of state and political leaders, including in Iran, Nigeria, and Ethiopia. Quote, unquote, Israel is a malignant, cancerous tumor in the West Asian region that has to be removed and eradicated. It is possible and it will happen. End quote. Twitter neither deleted the tweet nor banned the Ayatollah. Um, so, yeah, that's literally there's a screenshot of this from from the account, it says, our stance against Israel is the same stance we have always taken. Israel is a malignant, cancerous tumor in the West Asian region that has to be removed and eradicated. It is possible and it will happen. Uh, and then there's 73191 hashtag great return march. That sounds like stressful, but Twitter doesn't have problem with a lot of these other um, actual like incitements to violence tweets. They don't have problems with them by other people in other places, by other powerful leaders in other places. They don't have, pro they don't have problems with them. You guys, you've got to understand these people are evil. Um, back to the thread in October, 2020, the former Malaysian prime minister said it was quote unquote, a right for Muslims to quote unquote, kill millions of French people End quote. Twitter deleted his tweet for quote unquote, 
quote-unquote glorifying violence, but he remains on the platform. The tweet below was taken from the Wayback Machine. Um, and then there's this screenshot um, from this account. Muslims have a right to be angry and to kill millions of French people for the massacres of the past. Um, that's a very violent... He wasn't banned, though. He wasn't suspended. He wasn't, like, perma-banned. Um, lots of things like this out there. Uh, Muhammadu Buhari, the president of Nigeria, incited violence against pro-Biafra groups, quote-unquote, those of us in the field for 30 months who went through the war, he wrote, will treat them in the language they understand, end quote. Twitter deleted the tweet, but it didn't ban Buhari. Um, in October 2021, Twitter allowed Ethiopian Prime Minister Abi Ahmed to call on citizens to take up arms against the Tigray region. Twitter allowed the tweet to remain up and did not ban the prime minister. So screenshot of that too. This is in um, something that I'm not going to be able to read because I don't understand this language. Um, but it's, it's, I'm sure it's just exactly what Barry Weiss just wrote out. Um, in early February 2021, Prime Minister Nirendra Modi's government threatened to arrest Twitter employees in India and to incarcerate them for up to seven years after they restored hundreds of accounts that had been critical of him. Um, Twitter did not ban Modi. And there's a screenshot of a headline about this. Twitter blocks accounts in India as Modi pressures social media. Subheadline, the platform's problems in the country offer a stark example of the difficulty of it here to its free speech principles amid government worries over its influence. <laughs> wow. Okay, back to the thread. But Twitter executives did ban Trump, even though key staffers said that Trump had not incited violence, not even in a quote-unquote coded way. Um, interesting, interesting, interesting. Okay. Back to the thread. Less than 90 minutes after Twitter employees had determined that Trump's tweets were not in violation of Twitter policy, Vijaya Gade, Twitter's head of legal policy and trust, asked whether it could, in fact, be, quote-unquote, uh, quote coded incitement to further violence. So there's an exchange of that. Oh, it's Vijaya. It's Vijaya that has the scary screenshot of herself as her, like, avatar on their Slack channels of, like, the inverted. Or maybe it's multiple. It looks like a different one. It looks like they all at Twitter had these like dead looking profile pictures of themselves like they did like the inverted skeleton looking dead zombie filter on themselves that's interesting that's demonic that's right on brand okay sorry just noticed that it probably doesn't seem important to y'all but it's just it just speaks to their overall evilness to me Anyway, so Vijaya Gade with her scary dead profile picture. Thanks. The biggest question is whether a tweet like the one this morning from Trump, which isn't a rule violation on its face, is being used as coded incitement to further violence. She adds, if you have any context or insight, we should consider I'm all ears. Example, use of term, quote unquote, American patriots and quote unquote, they will not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape or form exclamation 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 
she's saying is this code <laughs> that's just funny you can't you can't be an american patriot you can't say that word anymore because it makes you a terrorist i guess redacted said this is an interesting question i am going to speak with my team asap to see if we can run a quick survey to get reactions to the language contained in the tweet and get back to you vijaya says i'm not sure i would rely on a survey dot 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 i worry about how that would be perceived externally <laughs> that is giving sorry that is giving um margaret sanger when she said she didn't want word to get out that she wanted to exterminate the negro population with planned parenthood and abortion and birth control she wanted the founder of planned parenthood was an actual eugenicist who hated black people and that's why even to this day planned parenthoods are sprouting up in all of these black communities where all of these people are killing black babies the black community killing their own children that is margaret sanger the founder founder of Planned Parenthood's just dream come true. Um, but anyway, like Vijaya gayed her like whole comment here. I worry about how that would be perceived externally. I don't want word to get out that I want to exterminate the Negro population. It's the same energy. Um, so Vijaya gayed adds wondering if we have anything in past research that could be relevant um, back to the thread a few minutes later twitter employees on the quote-unquote scaled enforcement team suggest that trump's tweet may have violated twitter's glorification of violence policy if you interpreted the phrase american patriots to refer to the rioters um, and this is just them taking other people's words and attributing meanings to them willy-nilly to suit their again agenda so that they can do whatever they want um redacted these are the exchanges again redacted says team scale is acting um asking if we would consider trump's tweet for gov glorification of violence that is if we consider quote-unquote american patriots to refer to the rioters they have a point redacted says from my pov um and then redacted says team my laptop has frozen will rejoin asap um redacted says scale has said they understand our position but will continue to push their gov assessment with leadership they see it that quote unquote he is the leader of a violent extremist group who is glorifying the group and its recent actions um, redacted says do you think we should square off gov in the djt assessment or would it be helpful at this point anika navaroli says i think it could be helpful to maybe have a write-up of what a bio assessment could look like um, and then also anika says just in case scale tips the balance and that becomes the decision back to the thread things escalate from there. members of that team came to quote unquote view him as the leader of a terrorist group responsible for violence slash deaths comparable to Christchurch shooter or hitler and on that basis and on the totality of his tweets he should be deplatformed end quote and then there's another screenshot redacted says just to update you blank i spoke to blank just now they understand our assessment of this individual tweet but they now view him as the leader of a terrorist group responsible for violence slash deaths comparable to Christchurch shooter or hitler and on that basis and on the totality of his tweets he should be deplatformed they will continue to push that argument with leadership and we will see where it falls. Um, and then onward on the thread two hours later, Twitter executives host a 30 minute all staff meeting, Jack Dorsey and Vijaya Gade um, answer staff questions as to why Trump wasn't banned yet, but they make some employees angrier. 
quote unquote, multiple tweeps, Twitter employees is what tweeps is, um, have quoted the banality of evil, suggesting that people implementing our policies are like Nazis following orders, end quote. Uh, that is what Yoel Roth relayed to a colleague. And then there's a screenshot of that. Um, Redacted says, I am not sure who should hear this, but if you look at the conversation in, and they link to the I'm Jack, uh, Jack Emma account, uh, I mean channel, Plenty of employees are not responding well to the 30 minute brief. I feel people want to feel heard and having someone with the right um, purview to reason with. And yet I am sure Jack slash Bijaya are totally saturated. I wonder if we can mobilize people who are on the peripheral of decision making, but not all consumed to engage with internal discussions. Y'all Roth also has the scary picture interesting it's just interesting you guys need to look that up um that's just interesting that they all have these scary death like profile pictures like zombie dead people like demonic literally (laughs) everybody else is going to think that's not important but it actually is kind of important um it seems important so anyway uh yol roth says yeah dot 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 i've been keeping an eye on it candidly not a lot of people who are close to the decisions would feel safe engaging their multiple tweets have quoted the banality of evil suggesting that people implementing our policies are like not Nazis following orders, which as someone responsible for our policies who had direct family members in Auschwitz is not exactly an environment I want to wade into. People are angry and want to express themselves, but the way the conversation happens can close off meaningful engagement. Um, it's ironic that you have family members from that went through Auschwitz and then you want to like censor a bunch of people and attack people and just be a domineering tyrant. It's interesting, Roth. Um, okay, so back to the thread. Dorsey requested simpler language to explain Trump's suspension. Roth wrote, quote unquote, God help us. This makes me think he wants to share it publicly. Um Okay, so Redacted says, if we get close to suspension and an analysis of HN or Parler as part of the decision, any links to that content would be helpful for us with Trusted, if possible. I'd like the um, I'd like those services to pay a price here. And then Yul Roth says, yep. He also says, noted. He also says, Dell is rewriting the doc per request from Jack to make it, quote unquote, simpler. Um, and then Yul Roth ends it with, which God help us makes me think he wants to share it publicly. Publicly. Um, and then back to the thread. One hour later, Twitter announces Trump's permanent suspension, quote unquote, due to the risk of further incitement of violence. Many at Twitter were ecstatic. There's screenshots of this. Redacted says Team DJT is suspended with a bunch of exclamation marks. Redacted says OMG. Redacted says exclamation marks times like a thousand. Uh, Redacted says ah, like excited ah, with a bunch of exclamation marks. Redacted says, well, this feels like a piece of history history um it was it was not in a good way all these people that are always talking about being on the right side of history are always on the left side of history and that is always the wrong side of history but that's none of my business um it actually is my business but anyway so another redacted person says it is um it is it does it feels like a piece of history uh another redacted person says saw the message thank you everyone for your impactful work this week for the discussion and for drafting all these complex assessments 
compliments. I am very proud to work and learn from you every day, wishing you a good weekend. They were very happy to ban someone. The people who have family members who went through Auschwitz are happy to oppress other people. Interesting. Um, and congratulatory, quote unquote, big props to whoever in trust and safety is sitting there whack a moling these Trump accounts, end quote, is another thing that someone added. So it's not enough to just ban their political opposition leader. They want to ban everybody who doesn't think like them. So that if that's the side that y'all think is the right side of history, I just have a lot of questions, um, you know, and I have a lot of history books I would like for you to read. Um, so Redacted says big props to whoever in trust and safety is sitting Sitting there whack a moling these Trump accounts. Redacted says, um, can we get them one of these awesome cards I've heard about? Um, Redacted says, definitely some extraordinary acts of awesomeness going on around Twitter right now. Redacted says, Don Jr.'s account needs to be locked too. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is just wild that this is how, I mean, it's not shocking that this is how they respond. It's just wild in the sense that anybody who claims to be for democracy is so excited to turn off the voices of other people. I mean, if you believe in democracy, then you believe in everybody having a voice and for the majority to, you know, uh, to lead. Um, but this is not this whole version of democracy that Twitter seems to believe in is literally just leftism at all costs, progressivism at all costs, even if the costs are shutting down the other opinions that are better than yours, even if it's not um, just even allowing anybody, any other opinions to surface into the air. It's a big problem. Um, back to the thread. By the next day, employees expressed eagerness to tackle, quote unquote, medical misinformation as soon as possible. So they were rearing to go to censor even more people and to all you people who are like calling the right Hitler a Nazi. I mean, y'all need to look at yourselves in the mirror and be like, cause there are so many people who are like, how, how did so many people just follow Hitler? It's exactly how all of you are following in the footsteps of the leftists who want to ban everybody. And then you want to ban more people because you have a power high. Get over yourselves. Crazy, crazy, crazy people. Um, so there's a screenshot of this. Um, someone says, what Redacted said, yes, we absolutely plan to do this in 2021 with the timeline being, quote unquote, as soon as possible. COVID is one specific disease. Medical misinformation is a much broader category or harmful content. We've laid a lot of the groundwork for policy and product behavior through our work on COVID and the election. The misinfo policy team in T and AMP, uh, semicolon s along with the folks in uh, health experience tws research and other teams across the company are now focused on getting to a place of improved maturity in how our policies are actualized across reporting operations global scale scope etc we'll have more to share on this soon um and then redacted says thank you so they're just rearing to go to censor even more people. It's just, and by the way, COVID was like, none of us knew what was going on with that. None of us knew. None of the doctors knew. Everybody said, trust the science. But what you were saying was trust the marketing research for Pfizer and Moderna. And y'all, that is so manipulated in all of these studies that they do for the medical world. Um, it is always with the intent of making things seem the way that they want them to seem so that they can sell you the things that they want to sell you so that they can make bank so 
that they can make bank and their shareholders can be happy and so that they meet the goals that they have to meet. They absolutely have to meet them. And so it just works that way with a lot of companies. But the fact that um, they were going so hard after medical misinformation during a time when none of us knew the actual information it is also very scary because even in a crisis, a worldwide crisis, mind you, they don't mind turning off opposing ideas and opinions. And uh, when we were all trying to work together to figure out even what COVID was or what the correct response was, it's dangerous territory. It's a slippery slope to hell. And we need to all be against it truly and genuinely. And it's not like, oh, you you have to agree with me, just like they're forcing you to agree with them. I want everybody to have free speech and free opinions. I would never want to ban Joe Biden or any pro-choicer on the internet. I want to hear other ideas. I want to hear other opinions. I want to know if you're somehow more logical than me. I say that a little cockily, cockily, a little cockily, but you know, if, if you are somehow more rational or logical than me, not saying a leftist ever would be, but I still want to hear those ideas, have those debates, come to a conclusion based on all of the knowledge and information that we have available to come to a conclusion that even if we don't agree on, you know, is, is hopefully the truth. And so that is the goal of, you know, public debate and the fact that they are, um, that they were censoring even during COVID when nobody knew what was going on is just crazy. You can't call information, um, that you don't agree with misinformation just because you don't agree with it. And that's what they were doing. Okay. So back to the thread for the longest time, Twitter stance was that we aren't the arbiter of truth, wrote another employee, quote unquote, which I respected, but never gave me a warm, fuzzy feeling. So there's a screenshot of this Monday, January 11th, 2021 redacted says very excited to see us handling more categories of misinformation for the longest time. Twitter stance was that we aren't the arbiter of truth, which I respected, but never gave me a warm, fuzzy feeling. That said, my dad is, uh, is an MD to give context and medical misinformation is a really hard topic. Even for COVID-19, we only covered a narrow category of information as an example is uh, quote unquote, take vitamin C, vitamin D, elderberry and xylitol with GSE daily to reduce COVID-19 risk and quote, good information, creative marketing or misinformation. Personally, I'm not sure. And I suspect there are views on both sides. Um, so back to the thread, but Twitter COO Parag Agarwal, who would later succeed Dorsey as CEO told head of security, Mudge Zatko, quote unquote, I think a few of us should brainstorm the ripple effects of Trump's ban. Agarwal added, quote unquote, centralized content moderation, in my opinion, has reached a breaking point now. Um, and here's some more. Yep. Parag Agarwal even has one of the dead looking zombie pictures. They all do. This Mudge Zatko co guy they all have these like dead looking inverted zombie pictures in their slack channels i just think that that's interesting and telling about the group think that can happen at these companies and in these organizations everybody one person does and then they all do it was it protocol like what is going on anyway so parag agarwal says i think a few of us should brainstorm the ripple effects and potential fragmentation of public conversation um he adds and how we might adapt and then mudge zatko says who are you suggesting and parag agarwal says not sure a few of us on staff maybe to start parag adds the future of public conversation feels uncertain to me he says to my mind we need to move fast towards opening up control over policy and enforcement and decentralizing it. Centralized content moderation, in my opinion, has reached a breaking point. 
now. Um, Redacted says, interested to hear what people think now that it's played out the way it has, dot, dot, dot. Pareg Agarwal says, I think more important question now is the future of public conversation. In my mind, this is the end of the road for centralized content moderation. Hard to believe that this approach will be sustainable moving forward. Um, And then he adds, suggested to Mudge that a few of us get together to anticipate ripple effects and decide on how we want to mobilize for the change ahead. Back to the thread outside the United States, Twitter's decision to ban Trump raised alarms, including with French President Emmanuel Macron, German Prime Minister Angela Merkel, and Mexico's President Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador. Um, Macron told an audience he didn't, quote unquote, want to live in a democracy where the key decisions were made by private players. Quote unquote, I want to be, um, excuse me, I want it to be decided by a law voted by your representative or by regulation governance democratically discussed and approved by democratic leaders. Merkel spokesperson called Twitter's decision to ban Trump from its platform, quote unquote, problematic and added that the freedom of opinion is of quote unquote, elementary significance. Um, Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny uh, criticized the ban as quote unquote, an unacceptable act of censorship. Whether you agree with Navalny and Macron or the executives at Twitter, we hope this latest installment of the Twitter files gave you insight into that unprecedented decision from the outset. Our goal in investigating this story was to discover and document the steps leading up to the banning of Trump and to put that choice into context. Ultimately, the concerns about Twitter's efforts to censor news about Hunter Biden's laptop, blacklist disfavored views and ban a president aren't about the past choices of executives in a social media company. They're about the power of a handful of people at a private company to influence the public discourse and democracy. This was reported by Michael Schellenberger, Isaac uh, Grafstein. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Um, she has tagged these people and I'm, I'm clicking to read their names. Susie Weiss and Olivia Ringgold. Um, we have Peter Savinick and Nellie Bowles. Follow all of our work at the free press at the free press on Twitter. And then she ends the thread with please click here to subscribe to the free press where you can continue reading and supporting independent journalism. And I definitely recommend that y'all do that. I really, really like Barry Weiss um, and the free press. I think they're an excellent source of actual independent journalism that I think is going to do a lot of really good in this country. I think the legacy media is dying. Um, You can see that if you go to any of the legacy media's um, social media platform profiles, then you can see that they don't get very much engagement anymore. People aren't interested in what they have to say. They know it's propaganda at this point. And so people are seeking out podcasts like mine, podcasts like other people's, um, you know, other forms of independent journalism so that people can really try to get to the truth because there's just not very much critical thinking in the media anymore. They're not asking the right questions. People have questions that they want answered and they're turning to other people. So I definitely recommend that you guys follow Barry Weiss, B A. R-I, um, and then her last name is Weiss, W-E-I-S-S on Twitter and also her free press um, because they're, they're doing a lot of great work out here and, and it's going to be more people like Barry Weiss and like the free press coming out of the woodwork that is really going to pull our country back down into this level of just being sane. Um, and I've been saying for the longest time because people are like, oh, are you going to vote for Trump? Are you going to vote for DeSantis? Who do you want to be president in 2024? And I've been saying for the longest time, for the last 
year at least. I am for sanity, 2024, whoever that may be. I am for sanity. I need a sane person in the White House. I need sane people understanding that censoring other people is not what you're going to want to do. Um, but I also need someone who is not going to pretend like the vaccine was this miracle drug when it was actually really, really not. And a lot of people are suffering and dying and having these random, they have this thing called sudden adult, like adult sudden death or something now, but it's literally just these ramifications from taking the vaccine. And I'm sorry, but it just is. All of the myocarditis cases that are coming up, all the people that are just dropping dead, perfectly healthy athletes out on the field, like this is not normal. These, what do these people have in common? Um, oh, they got, they took the vaccine. That's what they have in common. So I need for Trump to come out and be honest about um, the vaccine. I don't know why it's so hard for him. Everybody will defend him in the Trump realm of things and say, well, he's not forcing people to take it. He's just saying, you know, it's there and it's good. And that's my problem. He shouldn't be telling people that it's good. He shouldn't be telling people that it is good. If he doesn't know and is somehow ignorant of all of the things that have been happening to people, there are babies dying. Um, I read an article today where a baby literally had to get a blood transfusion. He had just been born. He got a blood transfusion by someone who had had the vaccine. So they had like vaccinated blood. Um, and the parents had told, actually told the doctors, we don't want vaccinated blood. Like we don't want COVID vaccinated blood in our newborn baby that is sick. Um, but the doctors didn't care. They didn't pay attention. They just like chalked these parents up as crazy, you know, right wing Trump loons. And they injected their newborn baby with vaccinated blood. Um, and then the baby died. The baby got jaundice. The baby turned yellow. The baby died. And um, so I don't know. I just feel like Trump is either pretending he doesn't see all of this happening because he's getting some sort of check cut over to him for acting like the vaccine's great. Um, you know, and that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. I mean, there are a lot of these places, a lot of these PR companies that work, you know, with a lot of clients. And a lot of the times the clients will work together. It's called synergy. And so it's not out of the realm of possibility that Trump actually is, you know, getting something from Big Pharma. It's not out of the realm of possibility. It's the only thing I can figure because I don't know why he's not stepping out and saying, look, I didn't personally make this mistake because he didn't. He tried. He did everything he could as POTUS to try to figure out, you know, COVID. We were all trying to figure that out. Now that we have the data, he has no excuse to not read it and tell people, I am sorry. I shouldn't have promoted this so hard. I didn't understand then, but I understand now. And the only way he's going to win or even have a chance at 24 is for him to be honest and to be integrous and to um, practice the morality he talks about so frequently. So maybe he should just stand up and denounce the vaccine. It really wouldn't be that hard. I'm hoping he does that. Maybe he'll do that. Regardless of how I feel about Trump with the vaccine, I definitely know that it was wrong for them to deplatform him. It was not okay for Twitter to do this. And um, there's just a lot of evil in the world. And I'm just tired of picking the lesser of two evil. I really am. I'm just like, can we just get like sanity 24? Because that's my that's my vote. That's what I vote for. So I'll see. I'm hoping. I don't know. You guys, I don't know. Y'all are like DeSantis. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if he's ready for DC. I want to believe in DeSantis, but a lot of people get to this city and they change and they change in an instant and they change for money and they give up all of their values and their morals and their principles and they don't even bat an eyelash. So 
I don't know. I don't know if Ron DeSantis is really ready for it. Um, I hope that Trump can be honest about the vaccine not working. Regardless of all of that, Trump should have never been banned from a social media platform, not especially as a sitting U.S. president. And, um, you know, we just we're really in a bad spot. We're really in a bad spot in our country. And I think that other podcasters and other conservative influencer people are starting to be more honest with you guys about like the severity of the situation. But it is very serious and you do need to be prepared. And that is why I'm always telling you guys, you need to read your Bible so you can recognize all of this evil shizness. You need to read your Bible. You're not going to be able to recognize it if you don't read your Bible. So that is why I'm always trying to encourage you guys to read your Bible, but you need to read your Bible. You need to pray. Um, you know, you need to, you need to invest in gold and silver. You need to stock up on food and, um, you know, weaponry and be prepared to defend you and your family. Um, you need to read the constitution and the declaration of independence, know where you came from, know the truth about your country. Nobody's going to sit here on my podcast, least of all me and tell you guys that slavery wasn't an absolutely atrocious thing that America did. But there are a lot of other countries way, 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 way before America was ever founded who also practiced slavery. There are a lot of nations that still practice slavery. And um, a lot of the people in America don't have problems with those countries and they'll just lament about the slavery that we, you know, horribly awful that had that happened. But yeah, it happened. And every country has good and bad history. America predominantly has good history and we predominantly have one of the best for everyone, every color, every race, every gender, every, by the way, there's two. Um, and just every time we want the best for you guys, we really do. Um, if you're like a true American patriotic person who actually cares about your land and your heritage and your family and your friends, like we want the best for everybody, but the only way to do better is to know better. And I, and I really think that the bottom line is you have to know the truth and how are we going to know the truth if the truth is censored or if we just don't have all the information to like come to the conclusion of what the truth is censorship of our social media platforms is a huge problem so please share this podcast episode um do whatever you can to get this information out to people because you know this is this happens in communist nations it should not be happening in america i understand that twitter is a private company but it is so scary that um you know a company could be filled with people who are so brainwashed as to think that censoring your opposition is democracy. It is not. So that's what I'm going to leave you guys with. And I will see you guys next time.